Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Profit Podcast. Today, we have a great show. We're going over sophomore wide receivers, running backs, and boom or bust. Do we think that these sophomores are going to break out and become full fantasy studs, or are they going to fizzle out and bust? And I also, it's very exciting, I've got a co-host. JT Runke is here co-hosting. Uh, tell him a little bit about yourself. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, my name is JT Runke. Um, I'm from the Nashville area. I uh, cover the Tennessee Titans locally for a um, kind of a sports publication called Broadway Sports Media here in the Nashville area. Um, but also, I'm just an insane fantasy football nut. Like, I, I love it, live and breathe it. So super excited and honored to, to be here and talk some ball with y'all. It's very exciting. Uh, I, a lot of you have wanted for a while another voice, someone to say, Calvin, stop talking so much about Travis Etienne. So I finally, I brought someone in to tell me no more Travis Etienne hype. Although, the... although, what early reports are saying he's looking pretty good. He, he does, he does look good. Um, and that's that's actually what I did in, in, the, in the interview to become the co-host. I just <laughs> went up to him and I said, Travis Etienne sucks. And, and so it was, we're good from the get-go. But yeah, I've, I, I like the early reports and how they're using him. I also think um, Tank Bigsby behind him, the rookie, is going to be really good. But, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe temper expectations on Travis Etienne this year. <laughs> well, we'll get, into, we'll get into that at some point, I am sure. But today's show, we've got sophomore, boom, or bust. We've got a pretty full docket. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Chris Olave Traylon Burks, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, and many more. We're going to be going through them and telling you if we think they are going to boom or if they are going to bust. So without further ado, Garrett Wilson currently being drafted in the 207 spot on sleeper platforms. Last year, it was a great rookie season, especially considering the quarterback play he was dealing with. Joe Flacco, Mike White, it was a disaster, and he still put up a very solid fantasy season. Personally, I think it's going to be a boom season. What do you think? I I want to say boom so bad, but I know also just like how 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 hot of a take it is to say that he's going to bust. And I, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to take the middle, but I'm erring on the side of bust for a couple of reasons. One is just that there are a lot of mouths to feed in new york yes especially with their now interest in dalvin cook who they might sign i mean i'm just looking at the at the um depth chart here and i totally forgot like Nico hardman is on this team now too like you have outside of garrett wilson you have alan lazard Nico hardman Corey davis randall cobb just like there's so many mouths to feed on that offense especially like in the tight end room as well tyler conklin and cj uzoma like they're they're Aaron Rodgers didn't bring over his his two best pals and Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard for a reason, you know. Um, and my what what worries me is that I think there could be a chance that like you find yourself a little bit frustrated with Garrett Wilson, especially for where mm -hmm. you're drafting him. I think you're drafting him to be a top ten wide receiver, but there might be some weeks where Aaron Rodgers is just having really good chemistry with Alan Lazard, and that just frustrates you as an owner. That's I, I I definitely see that, and it's the sort of thing I think that he might have a lot of yards, but the touchdowns might go somewhere else, especially with Delvin Cook there, especially if Brees Hall actually is healthy. There might not be the touchdown upside, and it is something important looking at the ADP, 207. That isn't a discount. You're not drafting someone with a potential breakout. He has to 
boom for it to be worth it. And anything short of, you know, a top eight season at this point, given all the hype, the the rising ADP, I think it will be a little higher by the time drafts are coming. It's going to be harder and harder for for the for Garrett Wilson to meet the expectations. So I, I understand the the concerns. Personally, though, I feel like his explosiveness paired with Aaron Rodgers, the, I just, I love it. I love it. And if he stays at 207, I think I'm okay with it. But do you think his ADP is going to continue to rise? Do you think he'll get I mean, higher he, in the second? I, I think there's a possibility. I mean, yeah. you're looking, it, it's, I don't think it's gotten to the point where you can, like consider drafting him over guys like Stefan Diggs and CD mm-hmm. Lamb and some of those guys on like the the turn um in, in your drafts into round two. But like could it get there with like preseason training camp hype? Like maybe. And that I I feel like two oh seven for me is like the ceiling of where I would I would draft him personally. He's going one or, or three picks right now on sleeper leagues before Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle has as much or more upside, and I might actually like the, the floor there more. I know it was inconsistent, but there are fewer mouths to feed. Uh, so right next to Amon Ra St. Brown, those two guys, Amon Ra and Jalen Waddle, do you like Garrett Wilson more than any of those guys, or are you taking Amon Ra and Waddle before Garrett Wilson over them? I think I'm taking Amon Ra before okay. Garrett Wilson, I think I think I'd do St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, and that's okay. mainly just going on my personal opinion that volume is king. And like I would take Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson, who I know is going to get at least like a substantial like good value uh, of the volume from a week to week instead of mm-hmm. you're playing the gamble with those Miami Dolphins, man. Like <laughs> do they go off this week. Does Tua stay hurt? Does he get another concussion? Like it's just a little bit more volatile. I feel like I'd be more comfortable taking Garrett Wilson over Jalen Waddle right now. But, but I do think to a degree that you are correct that Waddle does have the absolute like breakout upside. So Garrett Wilson for me is a boom but watch the ADP. If it gets much higher at all, I, I'm not considering it a boom. Uh, what's your official summary of Garrett I, Wilson? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a slight bust because okay. I just there are concerns. We also, I mean, yeah. Garrett Wilson with the ankle injury, something we didn't even yeah. bring up yet. Um, and obviously, I think Robert Sala said that that's not a huge concern. But already in Pratt, like already at training camp, it's hard to like. To, to see that come up and you have to wonder how is this going to affect him going into tr- the rest of training camp. All right. The next, this is another wide receiver, sophomore with the potential to break out. He was really good last year. Very similar season to Garrett Wilson. Also had a horrible quarterback play. Chris Alave currently being drafted at the 304 spot on sleeper drafts. Boom or bust. You go first. Cause I, I know my answer. I know I, my answer. I, I'm all in on Chris Olave. I am huge boom potential for this guy. Um, yes. Just I think the the opportunity is there, especially in the in the deep yards, like the the big time plays. He was fourth in the league last year in deep targets here with 29. Um, it had a crazy target share, 26.7, which I think is like 15th in the league. Um, this this guy now is paired with a quarterback who loves to throw the deep ball already, mm-hmm. and 
I mean, outside of like maybe a, a return for Michael Thomas, like does he come back at all? I I don't know. <laughs> like that's to be seen. But he is the undoubted wide receiver one in this offense uh, with Alvin Kamara not maybe playing the first half of the season. Like who else really is there to to throw the ball to? So I think I think Chris Olave, especially at the three hundred four right there, is is due for a massive season. Yep, twenty six percent target share. He ranked 10th in the target rates. Air yards, super high. Air yard share, super high. Deep targets, 29, which was fourth. It just, the, the, what held him back was quarterback play. You put in a much better quarterback, it, it, you don't have to overthink it. Uh, it yeah, that's my I mean, and, and at 304, that's a good price. Uh, that doesn't feel like you're drafting him at his ceiling. I think you're drafting, I think you're drafting him with the expectations to be a comfortable wide receiver one for you, mm-hmm. maybe or high end wide receiver two, but you have the, you have the faith in the um, confidence that he can be a top eight receiver. Let's just say Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the fact that they did what they did last year with those quarterbacks is, is <laughs> it's unreal. The more yes. I look back, I see he put up 130 yards with Andy Dalton. That's just <laughs> that, that, like that alone. <laughs> And the the mangled corpse of Jameis Winston Gosh. and like like Gosh. both these guys are getting massive quarterback upgrades and so like I I am a little concerned with Garrett Wilson's price but like Chris Olave I'm I'm hammering that 304 every single time not even thinking about it for sure so I think we are at an agreement Chris Olave massive boom this season the next one you're a big Titans fan so. I want to hear your take. He, his ADP is very low now because they just signed DeAndre Hopkins. Traylon Burks, 7 is where he's going. Boom or bust? I'm going to put it right out there. Bust. I don't trust the wow. quarterbacks. I think Hopkins is the guy. The tight end, Chigakonkwo, oh, man. That's my, that's my boy. We yeah. call him on, on our show here that when I cover the Titans. Uh, we call him last year the prince that was promised because we, we, we are so... <laughs> And I mean, Danny Kelly on his show, The Ringer, has both labeled me and my my podcast host over there, Easton Freeze, as big Chig guys. So I'm all in on Chigaconquo, man. And he's a beast. And I just don't think Traylon Brooks is gonna have a massive a massive role. I don't think he's gonna be non-existent. But I think that they knew what they had in Traylon Brooks, and they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. And Seven Eleven, sure, you're not paying a massive price for him, but I don't see a path to fantasy glory. I don't know about you. Here, here is the case for Traylon Burks that I, right, that I, I have been I that I've it. been cooking. Um, so if you watch if if you watch DeAndre Hopkins kind of tape from last year, you you mm-hmm. know that he's not going to play the X outside role anymore. He's going to be more, especially in this offense, he's going to be more of the Y, um, kind of the flanker wide receiver in this offense, and I think that they brought DeAndre Hopkins in because that wide receiver room is so bad outside of Traylon Burks and maybe like Kyle Phillips, if he can stay healthy. Um, But they are going to make Traylon Burks the wide receiver one, despite DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be the X. He's going to be the deep ball guy. He's going to be making the big plays where DeAndre Hopkins is certainly going to get his fair share of targets. Um, But I think Traylon Burks plays a kind of a role like Marquise Brown did last year for Arizona in tandem with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And so at 
in the seventh round, I think you're you're. I think it's a, honestly still like pretty well priced there at at the kind of last pick in the seventh round. Um, you're buying <laughs> you're buying this guy to be a wide receiver too, and hoping that the the target share that he does get can kind of make him a, a viable better wide receiver too. Well, do you, do you trust the quarterback though? I do. That's, I, that's the I'm, biggest thing for me. I I think I think Ryan Tannehill is so underrated by uh, yeah. like anybody outside of Nashville. It's it, we talk about it all the time. If everyone outside of Nashville doesn't really know what's going on in Nashville, and it's like we are we we are trying to scream from the rooftops down here in Nashville. Like guys, Ryan Tannehill has had success. He's not he's not this game winner that's going to take you all the way, but he he, he has success. He is a good quarterback. But is it full guarantee he's starting the whole season? Because if if it's fully guaranteed this Tannehill and that play action offense that they used with, with Derrick Henry, and it if that's guaranteed, then yeah, I like I like Burks where he is. But I get scared that they're gonna put in uh, uh, Will Levis. And I I went to UK. I watched every Will Levis home game. I was there. There you go. And I, it doesn't make me have confidence. <laughs> I I I don't want. Will Levis throwing my wide receiver the ball. Now, 7-11, the people going near him, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, it's, they're all gambles. There's no one at that point in the draft that is, you know, for sure going to produce for fantasy. But I just, I worry about quarterback changes. What Do you think that that's something that could happen this season, or do you think it's going to be Tannehill? There, there are two situations in which Ryan Tannehill isn't the quarterback this season for the full year. One is if he just gets hurt again. Um, mm-hmm. which is just really impossible to predict. And two, if this team starts one and five, one and six out of the gate when they go to London and have that bye week and they've only won one or two games, I think you can start to make a case that maybe we should be sellers at the deadline and we need to see what we have in Will Levis. Um, and that that's pretty much the only real possibility I see Will Levis or to that extent Malik Willis playing this year. I don't think that the the Titans brought in um they didn't bring in DeAndre Hopkins to be a just average 500 team. Mm-hmm. They want to compete because they know they can probably win this division still. Um and so I have the utmost confidence that Ryan Tannehill will be the starter for all 16 games as long as he's healthy, 16 17 games. Well, I, I'll I'll let you have Traylon Burks. I'll let you have him. I'll take Jahan Dotson at the turn <laughs> at the end of the season. We'll go. see who was right. right. I I just can't get on board with him this season. I I think talent wise, I like him, but this year fantasy wise, I don't think I'm in. And and it's always with outside of Derrick Henry, like Tennessee Titans are just an ugly team to draft, <laughs> man. And I I already see it with like DeAndre Hopkins. Like DeAndre Hopkins was like his ADP was so low because like he was a free agent and then he signed with the Titans. And I feel like he did not get that much of a jump in ADP <laughs> at all. So I, I totally understand it from, but just seeing how this team over the off season has kind of conducted their, their off season strategy. Um, I, I'm, I'm buying in on Trey Lumberg's. It makes sense. It makes sense. Now the next one, I, once again, I just, I can't get in on it due to the, the worries I have at quarterback, Drake London, the next sophomore wide receiver, going 505, which isn't that late. I mean, Traylon Burks, you can at least argue he's going late enough that everyone's a gamble. Traylon Burks, though, middle of the fifth round, there are still some some players that, I mean, 
DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy are all are all going right there in the fifth round. Jerry Judy's af- actually going after him by two picks on, on sleeper platforms. I am not in on Drake London this year. I don't see it happening. This is a team that everything they have done screams we want to run the ball. Arthur Smith, I mean, they ran the ball a lot and well with Algier and Cordero or Patterson last year. They draft Bijan Robinson with the eighth overall pick. I Drake London could be the best wide receiver in the world. I don't think he's gonna see the volume. Where where do you stand on Drake London? Um, I man, that's it's it's a tough one because I I was I was boom on Drake London and now I'm like you have solid reason to believe that it's it's just not going to be there. You don't bring it you don't draft Bijan Robinson at the with the eighth um overall draft pick this offseason to not make that the your feature part of your offense. I mean, Art Smith basically has his Derrick Henry now after yeah. after being the the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. He's like basically went out and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go get my I'm going to go get <laughs> my, uh, yeah. my Derrick Henry." And so that's what he's gotten him. However, if there was a case to be made, I mean, if outside of like maybe like Kyle Pitts who 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 knows with Kyle Pitts what what we'll see. Um yeah. but like who else is if they are going to throw the ball, like, are you are you really gonna give like Olamide Zacchaeus like a huge target <laughs> share? Like, I just I don't I don't see it, man. So, um, and I I'm quietly sipping the Kool Aid on uh, Desmond Ritter a little really? bit. I don't think he's gonna be that. I don't think he's gonna be as bad as people say. I mean, if you look at his last two games that he played in weeks uh, 17 and 18, especially week 18, he had a actually really good yeah. game. He yeah. 19 completions for on 30 attempts for 224 yards and two touchdowns with a yeah, quarterback good, rating yeah. of 108. So, like, if that is like, is that if that is hopefully what you get out of Desmond Ritter every single week is about. 200 to three 200 yards or so and like a touchdown like i think the majority of that is going to be going to drake london um which is why i but at 505 um, with jerry judy there with jerry judy at 508 there there are there there are more enticing options i think i'd take jerry judy over him personally right now terry mclaurin is interesting i just like i i feel like Desmond Ritter is a slightly more known commodity than Sam yeah. Howell. So I think I'm still shading uh, Drake London there. But like no, I all those guys uh, at, at that kind of 505 range, it's really like you're hoping that these guys can give you the stable wide receiver two value that you're that you're drafting them to give you. <laughs> I, I love, I'm looking at this this fifth round. You got McLaurin, DJ Moore, Drake London, Jerry Judy, and Christian Watson, and Chris Godwin. Those are the wide receivers being drafted in the fifth round right now. Those All those guys like, are great with quarterbacks who we have no idea what's going on. They're, they're all they're, question marks, man. That is, I do not envy you looking for, for wide receivers in the fifth round right there. Like, that's when you start thinking, okay, let me take George Kittle, or let me yeah, take, like, a Darren Waller or something, and maybe go get my quarterback, like a Lamar Jackson or a Joe Burrow there at, at the fifth round there, because, like, I just, I yeah. I, I don't really want to buy in because all these guys have massive question marks some of them one of them's gonna do it one of them but it, looking at the quarterbacks it's gonna be so hard to predict i guess my favorite would just be judy based on what we've seen russell wilson be able to do in the past kind of hoping that sean payton can 
somehow the most known commodity. Yeah, I would think. Where, whereas every other court, I mean, Jordan Love for Christian Watson, we have no clue. He could be fantastic. He could be not. We we've never seen anything really apart from a game or two. Uh, so, but that's that's where I am with Drake London. Is just I can't pull the trigger in the fifth round. If he was seventh, sixth round, going around like Michael Pittman or or Marquise Brown, I'd do it. I think, but. I, I would have to that agree. extra round I, I, is. I think I'm gonna. I think I've been kind of talking myself down from Drake London now, especially <laughs> at that ADP. NFL wise player, I think good player. Yeah, Val- getting him in the fifth round, no. <laughs> I, I'll, he, I'll see you next year. He might be the new Terry McLaurin, almost. Yeah. He now uh, the next one. This is this is this guy is why I will not be drafting Terry McLaurin in a single league this season sophomore wide receiver Jahan Dotson ADP 801 why would I draft Terry McLaurin 501 when I can get Terry McLaurin or uh, Jahan Dotson 801 over the back like five games their their receptions targets touchdowns yards pace pretty much identical uh the quarterback is once again an unknown commodity could be horrible could be probably won't be great but could be okay but we don't know and when you got McLaurin in the fifth round and then and then Jahan Dotson in the eighth, I kind of am on the boom side of Dotson, where I think that he could be Terry McLaurin from the years past, just in the eighth round, which at that point is an incredible value. That's something that I would love all the time. The problem with Terry McLaurin has always just been that he gets hyped up and you draft him pretty early. But if there's basically a Terry McLaurin in the eighth round, I like it. Uh after he came back from the injury, Jahan Dotson, as a player on the field, watching him was very compelling. And I, I think that this commander's team is going to be better than people give them credit for. I think that they built agree. a pretty solid cast that can actually support two wide receivers. I don't think either McLaurin or Dotson will be superstars, but will they be good in fantasy? Yes. And in the eighth round, I'm good with Dotson. What are your thoughts on Dotson? I, I'm I'm good with it, especially in the eighth round there, especially from what he showed us. In the games yeah. he did play, he had 41% of the total like yes. share of touchdowns last season. So like he was getting the looks and he was creating opportunities for himself to score. And I feel like if you're looking for a guy in the in the eighth round, like are are you gonna I would honestly like take him over guys like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens right now. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I think we know the target share is going to be there and the opportunities are going to be there. And so like, I, I like Jahan Dotson, especially more than Terry McLaurin because at, at the, at the eight kind of the turn between the seventh round and the eighth round there, like between him and like Traylon Burks, I feel like they're both like, well, if you swing and you miss, you miss, but like you're, you're not, you're not putting a lot of stock into these guys. No. L- l- so Jahan Dotson, the last five games, that's when he was back and integrated the offense based on snap percentages. On pace for 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 119 targets. That in the eighth round is is phenomenal. And guess what? Terry McLaurin on pace for 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 115 targets. Essentially identical. So the I have not really been able to find an argument against Jahan Dotson apart from the quarterback situation. But in the eighth round, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, you swing and you miss, and if you miss, yeah. it's like okay. Well, I just like I'm of the opinion that when it comes to 
these commander wide receivers um, because I have been burned many times in the past by Terry McLaurin. <laughs> um, I am in the market of drafting players who aren't going to instantly make me frustrated with, with my team. <laughs> and I think John Dotson is, is kind of already playing second, second fiddle yeah, to, guess- to Terry McLaurin. So like, you can't really get frustrated with his product, with his value. And you're drafting him. He's going to be on your bench. Yeah, you'll you'll be like, oh, he's certainly someone I can start. But you're drafting, and he's going to be on your bench. Uh, So I'm I'm glad we're both on the same page here. I it's always uh, nice to find someone else who likes Jahan Dotson. (laughs) Yes, hey man, I you know you gotta you gotta you gotta pick your battles, you know, and that's with Jahan Dotson. I'm I'm backing him 100. percent The next one is man. All these sophomore wide receivers are very talented with unknown commodity quarterbacks, I think. Christian Watson, 509 on sleeper leagues, which is right in that middle area with all those other wide receivers we talked about. I he's one of the he's one that I really I don't know. Everyone else I can be like, yeah, I'm in or I'm out. Christian Watson, his explosiveness is very compelling in fantasy. Jordan Love, when we saw him, was pretty good, I thought. And he targeted Christian Watson quite a bit. We saw Christian Watson have some good games with him. But now they're talking Romeo Dobbs is going to be the one and Christian Watson is going to be the two. It's very hard to make sense of the Green Bay Packers and to pull the trigger on on their players in fantasy. However, it gets to a point where you start to go, if Jordan Love is good, everyone on the Packers is at a massive discount right now. I, so yes, given I that, I think I'm in on Watson because I, if I had to place a bet on do I think Jordan Love is good, I would probably say yes. I I think he's way overhated. I think that the the stuff with Aaron Rodgers has made him into kind of a meme. But I think he's going to be good. And at that point, Watson five oh nine, it's a steal. Even Aaron Jones would would be a steal. So I want to hear your your take on these Packers players. With with um, Christian Watson, I'm a little. I, I think I think he's good. I, I'm hesitant to take him at the end of the fifth round, right there, mostly because um, you have guys like Jerry Judy there, yeah. and you have known commodities. However, if there is one of these like sophomore wide receivers who we look back and say, "Oh, we should have never doubted that this guy in his second year was going to kind of." blow up like I feel like Christian Watson is probably in the conversation to have that title um because obviously like we saw flashes of Romeo Dobbs but Christian Watson for what it was worth was Mm -hmm. towards the end of the season being the most consistent uh kind of wide receiver one on that team and uh, they gotta throw the ball they've Got to throw the ball once again. They got to throw the ball to somebody. Um, you can only you can only check down it to uh, to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon so much, right? You got to you got to at some point throw it down the field. And they have a rookie tight end now with um, in Luke Musgrave, uh, and with the exiting of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, like something's got to work. And I think uh, Christian Watson at the five oh nine. I'm not crazy about it but like if you want to be aggressive in your in your leagues and you want to take risks i think christian watson is a fine risk to take yeah he 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 has league winner potential some of these other guys i i don't think dotson has league winner potential i think that he's a value christian watson though i think could blow i mean he had weeks 10 
11, 12, 13. Those four weeks, he finished as a top eight guy each week. Just seeing that explosiveness, that upside is rare in a rookie. And the situation was not great last year. It was a 1,300-yard pace. Touchdown pace was was ridiculous of 30. <laughs> that was his 17-game pace. So I don't think that's going to happen. But where you see a, a rookie wide receiver having that explosive touchdown upside, that's something that I find very interesting and something that I like to target in the middle rounds. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're looking for the upside of and trying to target guys that that can on a daily basis, like you feel good about them finally breaking out and winning you like he is a, he is a guy that will win you weeks because mm-hmm. he will just have crazy games where he he where Jordan Love might hit him for two touchdowns, like two bombs down the field and you will win that week. And if you if you're looking for a guy who you can count on to be a little bit more volatile and win you those weeks, but sometimes still probably get a little burned by him. Christian Watson is probably the embodiment of that. All right. So on on sleeper drafts, it's Jerry Judy Watson, Chris Godwin going back to back to back. How would you rank those three? Who man, I I I've just talked myself so much into Jerry Judy this this offseason. It's um, fair. It's fair. I think I'm gonna go Judy, Watson, and Godwin, mostly because okay. w- what what is going on in Tampa Bay? Like we we don't like what is what is happening down there. Um, I'm staying, I'm not touching anything in the Tampa Bay offense with a 10 foot pole, maybe even a 20 yeah. foot pole. I'm staying I, far away. I'm pretty much I would I would flip Judy Watson, put Watson Judy, and then really way down here Chris Godwin but <laughs> yes. it, it, the, the Jerry Drew Christian Watson then massive tear break yeah there's a massive tear break so the next sophomore boomer bust potential George Pickens very little to go off of last year I mean stat wise there just isn't a lot but he was very impressive to watch uh once again the quarterback we don't really know exactly uh, what's going to happen there? Do you believe that George Pickens is going to to break out 800 yards, which is it's a it's a solid rookie season. Not a lot in the touchdown department, but now Deontay Johnson might be injured. What what are your thoughts? I, I think with if Deontay Johnson is is out for some from foreseeable time. Um, mm-hmm especially at the 708 in the seventh round. Like once again, like with Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks and George Pickens, you were taking guys in, in these, in these seventh, eighth round that are kind of quietly commanding the wide receiver one volume in, in all three of their offenses or have, will have a very good shot at um, becoming the wide receiver one in their offenses. Um, from that standpoint, I think George Pickens is fine. However, I'm leaning towards bust um, mm-hmm. on, on George Pickens, I'm just I'm just not bought in. I'm more of the mindset of I, I want I want to see more from him. The the craziest stat is that there was only one uh, Steelers wide receiver that scored a touchdown for them last year, and that was George Pickens. Like, um, I think eventually you gotta like if Deontay Johnson's fine, like you you, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta get him some looks. And I think uh, whatever Matt Canada is doing with that offense, I'm just questioning every decision he makes. <laughs> um, so I I'm currently out on. George Pickens. I think I would honestly I would take Traylon Burks or Jahan Dotson over George Pickens right yeah. now because I think they have a better better chance to be that wide receiver one in their offense. Um and and 
for him to be going just a little bit ahead of them, I, I think is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and it just came out seven minutes ago that Deontay Johnson, it was related to heat is why he left, and, and they're not concerned okay, injury-wise. So, so yeah. he's going to take a lot of the volume, and honestly, he's only going one pick earlier. Deontay Johnson is going one pick earlier than George Pickens. I I would way rather take Deontay Johnson 707 than George Pickens 708 because Deontay Johnson, at least you know in PPR leagues, you'll be fine plugging him in and starting him. He'll get you a good baseline. Whereas George Pickens seems like each week is kind of boomer bust. He'll have some highlight real plays, but it's not as reliable. I mean, and that's so funny because I feel like you can look at any ranking and George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are always ranked just like right next to each other because I feel like everyone is just like has the same sense of what do we do with them? Like yeah. we, we, we all don't know what to do with them. So might as well just stick them together and just kind of rank them as one and go from there. And uh, and I th- I think Pickett will be better than last season. He's going to throw more more touchdowns, of course. But I don't think that it's super realistic to think that he's going to be able to support two startable fantasy assets. And I think that they will try their best to run the offense through Najee Harris and then also Jalen Warren uh, to to kind of help out Pickett. I think that there's a good chance both Deontay Johnson. And George Pickens, neither of them are great fantasy-wise, but we might see kind of the same last year where Deontay saves it with volume. And like that's probably why I'm taking Deontay Johnson over him. Mm-hmm. Volume is king. If Deontay Johnson gets 60 yards, but with six receptions on those 60 yards, and he gets you with 12 points, I'm thinking that's what I drafted you to do. Get me 12 yeah. to 14 points on a week, and I think he does that comfortably. And it's it's almost weird they're being drafted right next to each other, but the expectation is different. It's almost like you're you're expecting a breakout from Pickens, and it's almost to this weird if he if Pickens does what Deontay Johnson does, even though they're being drafted next to each other, it's going to feel like a bust because you're expecting this kind of just based on some of the plays he made last year. You're expecting more. I think that really, no matter what happens, you're going to be disappointed with Pick with Pickens. I yeah, I mean, I just. I've not bought bought into the hype on Pickens, and that's why I'm I'm sure he's going to be really good this year. But fantasy wise, and just kind of like the narrative wise, I have not bought into it, and I'm I'm kind of watching from afar. Now the next one, Jameson Williams, he's another. Just I got no clue what to make. I mean, extremely talented, but he hardly played last season. He's injured again, and then he's suspended. Uh, because of the gambling. Uh, and then you also factor in Jameer Gibbs. They drafted 12th overall, who's a great pass catcher. And Amon Ross St. Brown had the massive breakout season. He finished number eight last year on sleeper leagues. He was he was a beast. I don't know if I, I can get all in on Jamison Williams, but then I see he's going in the 10th round. I feel like it's worth the, the shot in the dark, you know? That and I think that's fair. I'm personally just not doing anything with Jameson Williams. Like if he's on the waiver wire come week five because yeah. someone like they, they just need to make a move, I will consider I will consider picking him up if he ever sometime makes his way to the waiver wire throughout the season. But Amon Ross St. Brown is gonna be your one in that offense. Jameer Gibb is going to command a, a decent amount of targets. 
they just traded for Denzel Mims, who yeah. what really is Denzel Mims? We don't know because Zach Wilson was always the one throwing him the ball. And so like, we'll have to see there. They brought back Marvin Jones. Um, they, they have Montgomery's going to run it on the goal Montgomery, line too. And they have a rookie tight end that will probably get a lot of uh, features as well. So it's just like, it's quietly a crowded offense, but also yeah. I'm intrigued by how like explosive this offense can be. And when he comes back, like I, I think he could be viable, like as a flex play. Um, but I'm just, I just can't stomach make taking him in in a draft right now. Part part of me also fears that it's going to be one of those happens every once in a while, like just circumstantially, an offense kind of moves on. You know, he's going to miss out on on making his his role in the offense. Amon Ross St. Brown has established himself. Uh, some of these other players are going to have a chance. That That's where it's frustrating. It's these other players, Gibbs might have a chance to establish himself as a, a pretty big target share before Williams is even there. And then he's going to be scraping his way back to even be a player in this offense that, that's relevant. So as talented as he is, I fear that the offense is going to move on without him. And it will take a long time for him to really be something that you can trust in fantasy. And if he has one or two games where he breaks off a massive deep play, I don't care because there's no way I will have been starting him. I'll let yeah. someone else deal with that headache. It's uh, it, Robbie Anderson. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it's just like frustrating that you probably will, like you're drafting him with the hope that he comes back in six weeks and is a viable flex play that you can put in there. But like, you're not going to, you're not going to, play him until like um you're not gonna play him the first week he comes back like he's going to be one of the classic cases of oh he blew up last week now i put him in and then he's probably gonna like you said cause more headaches than bring you success i mean he will have been in the nfl two years and coming into his week seven start he will have one reception it was yes. a good reception, 41 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. It was 10 points of a reception, but I just, I can't, I don't think I can do it. Yeah, I don't think I, I can I, do it. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the bus side. Me. I agree. All right, James Cook is next. We're switching the running backs. We got a few running backs, and then we'll wrap it up. James Cook, ADP of 805. I have been out on him, but I've, kind of gotten in on it recently looking at just the efficiency and the fact that they haven't added a lot I thought they might go get Dalvin Cook that doesn't seem to be happening Damian Harris and James Cook yes it's a tandem but 805 I'm not expecting my running back to be a bell cow and when I I look at you know 5.3 yards a carry 6.3 yards per touch uh he led the league with a 12.1 breakaway run rate the efficiency and explosiveness, I'm a big fan of. And in the eighth round, I'm willing to take a shot on it, even if I don't think he's going to get the ball 20 times a game. So I am... It, it's... It's it's so... I, I want to say, I want to say, boom, as well. So, 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 so badly I want to, but I just know I can't. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind drafting him in the eighth especially with kind of how the running back landscape is right now. I think that's probably in the seven to 10 range is where you start to like take shots on mm -hmm. like 
a couple of these guys like between like him and uh, the guy we'll talk about here in a second and Isaiah Pacheco and kind of like the the tandem of De- DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and uh, DeMont in in Detroit. Like I feel like you're starting to get into that area where you're hoping that they can be a serviceable running back too, but like they're not going, they're not for sure to be known, but like taking a shot like James Cook, I I feel confident about that in the eighth round. For me in the eighth round, you've got James Cook, AJ Dillon and Antonio Gibson. Those are the three running backs. And I think Gibson and AJ Dillon are safer, but in the eighth round, I'm not looking for a starting running back. I'm looking for someone who's going to sit on the bench and might have some explosive upside later on. I think James Cook fits that bill. I, I don't think it's like, oh, he has a nice floor. No, <laughs> he does, he's yeah, not going to have no. a nice floor. But I, the I think the explosiveness is nice. It is nice. And I think that we'll see kind of a switch this year with the Buffalo offense, mostly because their GM has come out publicly and just kind of said, we need to run the ball more so that Josh Allen doesn't run it himself and yeah. gets hurt, you know? So I feel yeah. like that is going to be a big part of it. And if if they do start to implement kind of some of this this passing game work into their offense for for the running back position, James Cook is going to be the first one over Damian Harris to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I'm on I'm on the I'm on the James Cook hype train. Yes, it's official. <laughs> official. I I will I will join you. Welcome aboard. A, I'm I'll join you in maybe a week or two. Give <laughs> give me a second. Let me let me make sure that I that I. Make sure my ticket's okay, and I gotta I gotta check out everything, and then maybe I'll jump on. Now the next one, seven oh three, going a bit earlier. Isaiah Pacheco, and I'll tell you right now, I'm out. It's a bust because one of my least favorite players, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, is back apparently taking <laughs> first team reps. I, Jarek McKinnon is still there, correct? Yes, they they signed yeah. Jarek McKinnon to another one year deal, and I just like there's no. Like there, there really is why I'm also out on, on Isaiah Pacheco. Um, there's really no receiving work for him to have mm-hmm. because there just is two better options in Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Lair might not be a great runner, but he has always worked very well in that passing game for the, for the chiefs, especially within the red zone. Um, so yeah, I just I can't do it, man. Like the, yeah. the, he he was he was very touchdown dependent. I feel like in his games where he became a very like viable starter last year down the stretch. And if I just don't want, especially in the seventh round, I don't want to draft a, a touchdown dependent um, running back. Yeah, who's who has so much to compete with, and on a team that it's not like this team has a historical precedence a long time ago. They might have of using a a one guy, but they've shown over the past several years, they have no problem with every week. Someone else gets the work. So I can't do it. I, yeah, just there's, there's too much uncertainty with that. Like, of course you feel like you'd want a piece of the Patrick Mahomes offense, but like Patrick Mahomes, just like, throws it basketball style of Jarek McKinnon anyway. So it's like, it's a crap shoot. And, and if there's a guy who doesn't already get the ball thrown to him by Patrick Mahomes, I don't want him. Yeah. It's going to be Mahomes, Kelsey, and then a headache. Yes. Now the next one, Damian Pierce breakout last year, super fun to watch, but a lot of his real fantasy production, the value 
was from the incredible volume he saw. 73% opportunity share, share, six out of all running backs. He was a true workhorse running back last season. He wasn't that efficient or that special. I mean, he runs tough. He's, I think, a good running back. But I... I'm looking at them, the new new regime of coaching. They bring in Devin Singletary, who I don't think is a superstar, but he will be involved. I, in the fifth round, I myself am finding it hard to get excited about Damian Pierce. I think it could sadly be another of those running backs that we see have the big unforeseen rookie season like Philip Lindsay, and then it just fades because the team is not committed to him. So I'm out on on Damian Pierce. And I think there are just I, I think I'm also leaning towards being out on him just because of the the kind of known commodities that you can get around him. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I'd rather have a J.K. Dobbins or a Miles Sanders. Yes. Or even like if Dalvin Cook signs somewhere. Like I think I'd take those guys over Damian Pierce right now. I don't think it's not because I think Devin Singletary is going to really like command a lot of the workload that Damian Pierce had last season. Um, but CJ Stroud is just, uh, just, I don't know what he is. I, I, I don't know what they, what that offense kind of looks like. Yeah. So um, I think if, if you, if you're looking for a guy that like volume alone, I feel like it works, you know, but it, it's just like in the fifth round, man, I just can't do it. I, I just worry if if Singletary takes really any of it because he was seeing he was seeing games where he was like in the 70 80 percent snap range he had you know 31 opportunities a game if that goes down at all he wasn't efficient enough for the the fantasy value to stay and if there's CJ Stroud who who likes to run is a much better passer we're, I think we're gonna see fewer runs that way too yeah I mean interesting like Damian Pierce or Cam Akers I am <laughs> going to is... get I am going to get killed for this I love Cam Akers I, I love I think Cam I, Akers I think I agree with you there like I think I, I I think between the two I think what we saw from Cam Akers down the stretch last season is is way more enticing than yeah. uh, Damian Pierce. And Damian Pierce right now, I think, is like the running back 18. Cam Akers is running back 23. Like, I'd rather take a, a tight end or a, a upside wide receiver at that in the fifth round and come back and get uh, Cam Akers on kind of a, a discount. Yeah, Cam Akers, last six games, 4.9 yards, an attempt, 14 100 yard pace, 17 touchdown pace. People are going to regret not being in on him. And it, the lack of production early in season, there's such a good excuse for it that he still wasn't back from the Achilles. So, no, I, I'm all in on Cam Akers. And when you've got someone like that or, or Miles Sanders after Damian Pierce, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I just like, there, there, there are better options. Like, even like, James Connor, who is but like running back 25. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to take players who you know are good, like that have shown us that they're mm-hmm. good, but like both in fantasy and not. And like James Connor, I think, is a better option than Damian Pierce's. 
yeah, I'm I'm looking at all the players <laughs> going after him, and I just I can't. Uh, yeah, there's no way. There, I'm there's just Damian there's Pierce. there's there's better options. Like even yeah. if you want to if you want to take the 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 chance on a guy that probably has even better upside than Damian Pierce, like Javante Williams is running back 27. Yeah, like, there are so many better options down the board. I think that than taking Damian Pierce in the fifth round. <laughs> you got Dobbins, Sanders. Yeah, all those guys I like more. Yeah. Well, the next one we've got two left, and these two are. These two are where it gets a little ugly. Uh, Brian Robinson going 903 on sleeper platforms. He was shot last season and got off to a slow start because of that. So I, you, you got to give him a pass. <laughs> um, but he never was incredible, uh, but it got better during the season. But now they say, oh, well, we're going to finally use Antonio Gibson, right? What do you make of this? In the ninth round, I'm fine with that draft price, but do you think that he actually has much upside? Because that's where I, I just don't know if he's going to be someone who's going to gonna have upside. I mean, he didn't have any breakaway runs really last year. He had one, two runs over 20 yards. I, I can't get excited about that sort of player on this offense. It's always it's always very frustrating, especially when you have like a running back by committee that you'll see with with the commanders this year with Antonio Gibson. And for what it's worth, I don't know exactly if I buy into Antonio Gibson being back because I feel like that's what we hear every single year. And every I feel like at, at this at this point, it, it's just like they're just churning the narrative back out for no reason. Um, Ron Rivera just is like, I'll just say it again because like, I don't know. <laughs> um, they like copy and paste the same text to the media each year. Or yeah, there, there you go. Um, but yeah, Brian Robinson is, I mean, at, at, in the ninth round, like he's fine. Yeah. But I'm still going to call him a bust because like, I don't <laughs> think he's, I, I don't think he's going to have the running back. Like he's not going to be an RB two. I think he has yeah. the potential to kind of be a flex, like an interesting flex from week to week, um, and that's kind of what you're getting in the ninth round. But definitely, I'm leaning towards bust. For me, you got Gibson and Robinson going right next to each other, pretty much. I think because no one really knows what to do with <laughs> another them. one. It's just like let's and just group them together. For me, it's just like you know, if it's a it's it's a tandem situation in an unknown offense. I'm gonna go with the one who has more receiving upside. That's just how yeah. I play fantasy football. I yeah, especially I mean with with PPR like and everything like that. Volume is king, and if you're yeah. getting the reception volume, I'd rather take that running back than the one who isn't getting the, the volume. And and what if they actually do? <laughs> Use Gibson like McCaffrey. <laughs> what if they actually do what, what they're going to they say? I don't know. You know, then Brian Robinson's is, nothing. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is finally the year. You know, the next Christian McCaffrey is here. It's Antonio Gibson for the third or fourth time. <laughs> now, actually, yeah, he just needed some time to warm up. You know, yeah, but, I, but bro's going to start cooking once they switch him to his actual position. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the final one. So I think we were both on bust there. Here we go with Tyler Algier. I have a slightly controversial take, and that is that I think Tyler Algier will be more involved than people expect in this offense. I don't think it will be super super fantasy relevant. I mean, in the 11th round, there aren't really any fantasy relevant running backs. I'd probably take the upside shot at someone like Kendra Miller or Tank Bigsby or even Jalen Warren, who's a handcuff. But I think Algier 
is going to touch the ball more than people expect. He was he was really good last season. He was he was a very good running back, a thousand yards, uh, had not a lot of touchdowns. But do you think that he's completely out of the picture? It, it, it's hard to say no, right? Yeah. Like you don't draft Bijan Robinson to make this a running back by committee. Um, yeah. And if there if there is any opportunity, like in the receiving game, like Cordell Patterson is also still just hanging around, <laughs> like, and I think he, I still think they want very much to get Cordell Patterson involved. Um, and then yeah, of course you're going to run the good. offense through um, through Bijan, so it just feels like there's there's not a lot of opportunity for him. But it I, just I breaks mean, my heart. It breaks he, my heart because he, he, he was good. He was a very, yeah. he was a very uh, pleasant surprise last year. And they're like, okay, we have a good running back, but now let's take an even better running back. So Art Smith can just recreate the Tennessee Titans down in Atlanta. <laughs> and that, that seems like what he's doing. It's just, I just hate to see, okay, 4.9, a carry came out of nowhere. And just the idea of him, not like being a player that's rostered just is crazy to me. But I, 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 I think you're right. But just for my personal like feelings, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say boom. (laughs) Oh, there you go. I I, I think I have to say bust, except if I take Bijan Robinson, then I'm going to take him as a handcuff. And that's really the only reality I see. I see myself taking him in. in. In that 11th, do you like, man, it's a, 11th round running back. They're kind of some guys I like. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Tyler Algier or Elijah Mitchell or Devin Singletary. Those are going back to back to back. I'm taking Elijah Elijah Mitchell because because despite Christian McCaffrey being there, Kyle Shanahan just like doesn't care about your fantasy team. Um, Elijah Mitchell's still going to get touches this season i mean he was actually the better running back as far as uh, the kind of the command of the backfield he was getting the more opportunities down the stretch when he came back with working with christian mccaffrey and i don't think that's going to really change now the quarterback situation very up in the air um if Mm -hmm. if it is brock purdy i think that's better for elijah mitchell if it is trey lance i think that's worse for him but I think out of those three guys, Elijah Mitchell easily is going to get the most volume. Yeah. No, I I see that too. I I think Devin Singletary is worth rostering as well. Um, yeah, definitely. I, that I offense think, is confusing to me. Or not confusing, yeah. I just like don't know really what to expect. But he's someone that I could see just being way more involved than people expect. Yeah, and I think like we are overvaluing like some players like Damian Pierce. I think is being overvalued, but then a guy like uh, Dalton Schultz is being severely undervalued just yeah. because he is on the Texans. Um, and like, especially, I think Damian Pierce is that is that running back is the workhorse running back, and Devin Singletary is going to get most of the kind of the reception volume. No, I I agree with that. Well. There we go. That's all the sophomores that I wrote down. I think I think that's pretty much all of them, or at least the ones that are fantasy The important relevant. ones. I mean, if we got to Algier, we didn't miss anyone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, JT, for coming on as co-host. This was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than sitting in a closet by myself <laughs> yelling about Travis Etienne. Uh, so <laughs> there you go, man. I, yeah. I hope you all like it. I think that you will. 
Um, and, and yeah, we will see you all next time.